0: You are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. Well, I, uh, my family and I were just in Tennessee um, for um, our international conference. We're part of a movement, a denomination called Foursquare, and every year um, our bylaws actually require me to go to this thing, but oh, shucks. Um, but, um, but I was, had the opportunity to take my wife and my three kids, which was amazing. I was, as we were all crammed into a little hotel room together with, a. uh, my wife and I in a bed, a cot in the middle where my daughter slept and then the two boys slept in the other bed and I felt like this is modern day camping. (laughs) You know, it's just kind of like I felt like we were camping but yet then we played games on our phone where we're all playing the same game against each other. I was like, but modern day camping, <laughs> you know, it's like, um, you know, we were playing against each other. It was it was a fun time. It was an inspiring time. The Lord is on the move, um, and it, we felt just encouraged and inspired, so thank you for allowing our family to, um, to go to that, and um, I'm just really encouraged by what the Lord is doing uh, throughout the world. I really do believe we are in this end time harvest. And um, and we will need to talk about that more because the call on us as a body, um, as a church, is, is going to be very significant. And it means that every single one of us are going to have to up our game a little bit. And uh, we're going to help you do that. And it is our job as the church to equip you. To be able to do the work that the Lord has called you to, I uh, I want to say this is our last message through the book of um, John. We've been cruising through the Gospel of John, and uh, I've been kind of hitting some mountaintops of the of the book, and then kind of diving deep on a few um, sections. And uh, today we're going to really just talk about the end of the book, but I wanted to bring you through a few things of what you're still going to find. If you have your Bibles, I, I I know we have our devices that we can find things on. Um, I'm maybe still old-fashioned, I don't know. I still like cracking open the Bible, underlining things. I don't mind writing in my Bible, and and it's great to go back to it. So really, in in John, the last part of John, we started the message um, with this, understanding John chapter 20, talking about the purpose of this book. John, the writer of John, remember, who wrote 1st and 2nd, 3rd John in Revelation, who calls himself the Beloved in this book, um, which I think is just fascinating that he calls himself a name as he's writing. But he says this in in verse 30. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which were not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus Christ, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life and life in his name. And that really sums up that book. But I think what it also means is it just isn't we find life in Jesus back then, it really is what we're going to talk about today, is we need to find life in Jesus today. And this is going to church and reading your Bible. This is not a religious activity. It is life. And it's where we find our freedom. It's where we find our hope. It's not just saved for to make sure that we go to heaven. It is heaven starts the moment that you give your life to Jesus and uh, and this journey that we're on. But when you look at this world today, and I've said this statistic before, but New Hampshire only has 2% of its entire population that are Jesus followers. We live in a mission field. And the work that is in front of us is um, is big, but it's what we're called to. And I'm so excited that the Lord has placed us. In this region, now, Tennessee was a little steamy ninety five degrees and super humid, and we got off the plane uh, later this week. We took that breath of that fresh New Hampshire air and we're like, "Oh, I feel so good, um, so you guys we are all blessed to live in new Hampshire well here is the the reality of this, which we spent some time um, at Easter going over the the resurrection of Lazarus, Jesus goes, the triumphal entry, Jesus goes back into Jerusalem. He knows at that point in time that he is really knowing what lies before him. Um, he has his last supper. He then goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, which I, I uh, really appreciate, Honorable Charlie Temple. I watched the message online. That is a beautiful thing about our online services. Great job. <clears throat> I really liked how you pointed out that you know in Hebrews it talks about that Jesus identifies with all of our weaknesses right, and that Jesus in the garden um, he had the the manifestations or the symptoms where the scripture talks about that he he felt overwhelmed even to the point of death. And so he had these these symptoms of how many people feel who struggle with mental illness. And I appreciate you just showing that Jesus can identify with us in that moment in time when Jesus struggled um, in the garden, knowing that, that the, the weight of what was going to happen was just unbelievable. But so Jesus goes to the garden of Gethsemane and then and then he he's crucified, his resurrection. And today I'm going to pick up the very last part of the book in chapter 21. If you have your Bibles, that's where we're going to spend a time. I'm going to go a little bit of reverse order in talking about um how Jesus kind of reinstates Peter. If you remember Peter, who is one of Jesus' followers, at the moment that he is being um, led to be arrested, uh, Peter goes through this, he's again, close disciple. He's a son of Zebedee, um, actually brothers to John, and um, Peter and James, actually brothers to James. And, And here he is, he denies Jesus three times. He denies Jesus three times. And, and through that circumstance, I think there's a lot of confusion. He let, he's the son of God, but he thought he was going to overthrow and conquer the Roman oppression at the time, but it didn't go the way that he thought it would go down. And as a result, he begins to deny Jesus. And I want to pause there for a moment, and I want you to reflect on your own life and look at the circumstances in life that took place when you thought they were going to go a certain way, when Jesus, you thought Jesus promised you something or you felt like your faith was going to lead you there and then all of a sudden things didn't turn out the way you thought they would. And did you get to that place where you pressed into your relationship with Jesus or did you begin to say, where is God now? Where is Jesus now? And you begin to deny jesus in just by the way that you're saying you know i guess i better not pray as much because my prayer didn't come through i guess reading the bible while i was claiming those promises well those promises didn't come through therefore let me just kind of walk a different direction and this is what peter did so much so that he said afterwards after Jesus' crucifixion he just said i'm going to go back fishing so I'm gonna talk about this story of this account of when Jesus and Peter re-engage. And here in in chapter, I mean chapter twenty-one, verse fifteen, it says this. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter: So at this point in time, I'm gonna go into this the account of their fishing and the whole catching fish in the nets thing. But I, I, a reason why I want to start over here is because it's so important to understand the calling and the purpose that Jesus was calling Peter to and really the calling and purpose that he's calling each one of us to. So he says they're at the beach, they're having some fish together, and says this, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to them, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. Now, again, remember, lambs would be the people that Jesus is calling him to reach. Feed my lambs. He's not going out and say, go out to the field with all the lambs and go, here, little lamb. You know, he's, not. he's talking about people. He said to him a second time, Simon son of John, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, tend my sheep. Again, sheep referring to people. So so first he starts saying feed, and then he says tend. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. So feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. In essence, he's saying it three times. There's a correlation to his denying Jesus three times. And he's kind of like reinstating you. It's kind of like him saying, you know what? I know all of your mistakes. I know those times you struggled. I know those times you walked away from me, but I'm still here. I still have a call and a purpose on your life. And then he goes on to say, feed my sheep. Truly, I say to you, when you're young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted, but when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show what kind of death he was going to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. I want to just go to that section for a second and just understanding, it says, when you're young, you dress yourself and go wherever you want. And I believe that when we're young in the Lord, I think we act a lot that way. We're so happy that we gave our life to Jesus and we're like, we experience this freedom, but then we just go off doing our thing, trying to live a Christian life, which in essence doesn't sound wrong. But what you don't realize is the journey towards maturity walks to this place of what he's saying when you get old or when you mature, you'll stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. And you can kind of take this picture of like when you're so old that somebody now is kind of like caring for you. But I would also say this is more like a maturity when you're so when you're when we've matured with the Lord you begin to not be so concerned about going your own way you're concerned about going the way that Jesus wants you to go. Amen. And that's why he follows he says that very last statement follow me. And the reality is is when we follow Jesus he may bring you to places that your flesh doesn't really want you to go. But he's still saying, would you follow me? Would you follow me? So the reason why I started here is because I'm going to go jump back to what took place, the event that took place before Jesus has this reinstatement of Peter. Because I think the follow me needs to be talked about in a way of what Jesus wants to do as a calling in our life, but understanding the importance of not just saying, I'm living a Christian life, and I just want to do what's right, but the importance of training our ears to hear the Spirit of God speak to us, and at that point in time is when prosperity and a harvest begins to come. So when, so I'm going to go back into chapter 21, starting in verse 1. After Jesus had revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, by the way, the Sea of Tiberias is the same name as the Sea of Galilee, if you want context to that, I checked it up. It's very, very close in size to Lake Winnipesaukee. So, give you a—it's a, a freshwater body of water. It's a lake. They call it Sea of Galilee. And he revealed himself. By the way, oh, by the way, this is another interesting fact. It is the lowest body of freshwater body of water uh, to sea level. It's like—I think I wrote that down for you. Just fascinating. Oh, I wrote it in my Bible. Here we go. It's 705 feet below sea level is the Sea of Galilee or the Lake of Galilee. Just as a little side note. All right. So there he was, um, revealed, revealed himself to the disciples of the Sea of Galilee, revealed himself to this way Simon, Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Canaan of Galilee, son of Zebedee, and the two others, and the disciples were together. Remember, the sons of Zebedee were James and John. I think I said that wrong before, but they are James and John. And two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to him, I'm going fishing. Remember, this is the story. He's like, know, I'm just going to go back to my own life. I thought I, I knew what I was purposed to do in life. But I'm just going to go back because things didn't work out the way they had. Uh, I thought they were going to work out. So they went going out to fishing. Then he said to them, well, we'll go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. The disciples whom Jesus loved before said to Peter, again, I don't know why he didn't say John. He really wants to make this point. The disciple that Jesus loved, meaning himself, John, who's the author of this, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for the work um, where he threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came into the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got to the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place, and fish laid out on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some fish that you have uh, just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, a hundred... Fish, 153 of them. And although they were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and so with a fish. Now this was the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. So the point here that I want to make is... It was not until they heard the voice of God and responded in obedience did they catch the fish. They went back and did the thing that they thought they knew how to do, which was to fish, and they came up empty. But when Jesus spoke, he said, cast your net to the right side of the boat, and there... The miracle of the harvest, the miracle of the plenty, the miracle of the bounty took place. But it was only after they first heard the voice of God and then acted in obedience. I know for me, my own journey here at Grace Capital Church, I've been here 18, 19 years. And I've been anything from the worship pastor here Can you imagine me leading worship? I can't. I don't even know if I can sing anymore. But I used to be behind the keyboard leading worship. I was an associate pastor. I was a campus pastor, all while having a full-time job. And then about nine years ago, yeah, I became a full-time at Grace Capital as a campus pastor and then lead pastor almost five years ago. But what I realized is as I came into this role of being a lead pastor, if you have to understand my background's in business, I've owned a business and my background's also in nonprofit work and I've done nonprofit stuff and, and I've gained this toolbox of a lot of tools. And I came into this role trying to execute a lot of these tools and, and then realizing, yeah, there's there's some fruitfulness that's taking place, but God just kind of gave me this awakening moment Not too long ago, he said, you know, you're you're putting a lot of effort, your own effort into this. He goes, "I I know you pray, I know you read your Bible. But if you just slow down long enough to actually just hear what I am saying and only do that... And I believe that this end time harvest that the Lord is wanting us to walk into is going to require us to only listen to what the Spirit of God is saying and only do that. Because we can put a lot of effort fishing and still come up empty. But when we come to the place of realizing that we're going to hear the voice of God and if he says, go this way, we're going that way. And if he says, you've tried this before that way, and and it's not working that way anymore because I've moved over here, would you go over here? And we would say, yes, we're going to go over here. And at that moment, though, is where we're going to find the harvest of the people's souls. It's at that place that we're going to find that place where we're then going to say our call to feed the sheep, which is discipleship. Our call to care for people, which is the, the process of seeing them be made whole, the young and the old. But it's, it's what Jesus said later. When you were young, when you were young, you just kind of did whatever you want. You went wherever you wanted to go. You dressed yourself. But when you're old, would you mature to the place that you're saying, whatever you want to clothe me with, Lord whatever it is that you want to take me, wherever you want to take me, Lord, I'm willing to go. And it's at that moment, though, that we come to that place of saying, I only live to hear God's voice through the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us and we only do what he says to do. Now, I already know, some of you, we've talked about this before, and some of you struggle with this. They say, well, how do I hear God's voice? Well, we're gonna be doing something new for a season. We just got in uh, a bunch of new journals. If you, How many people have done the SOAP method of journaling through God's word before? All right, for a season, we just had blank journals that gave you the reading plan in it, but we've just ordered some new journals that actually have the SOAP directions, and it's a way that we journey through God's word Um, and allow his word to speak to us. I found the greatest way that we can hear, begin to hear God's voice speaking to us is yes, one, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But number two is to begin to ask the word of God to read you, to dwell inside of you, to then you begin to apply the word to your life. Because When God speaks, he never contradicts himself. And many times when he speaks, he confirms it with a scripture. Now, if you don't have any scriptures inside of you, you have nothing to draw from. So all it is is this like, I just have this crazy thought. And you mostly just fling it off as a crazy thought. But if you've packed Time in God's word of scriptures in your being that as he speaks, he confirms it with his word and he's like, oh God, that's what you sound like. You're speaking to me. You're encouraging me in this way. You're nudging me. You're asking something of me. Jesus says, I only did what I heard or saw the father in heaven doing. He was so committed to spending time in prayer. He actually knew the word of God as well, even though it was his own word. He would read the scrolls in the temple. It's kind of like reading your own book, like I wrote a book and then read, it, read my own book. That was Jesus. So what I want to encourage us to do today, um, I'm going to be giving you a gift of a journal. Now, I want you to take it If you're committing to journal, if you just want a new notepad to write things in, please don't take it. (laughs) I've got other notepads for you that I'll give you if you want those. But these journals, which are usually for sale for $5 at the Info Hub, today I'm going to give everybody a journal because I want you to begin journaling. There's a Bible reading plan. Now, where it's going to be a little different is we're not going to be going through preaching series for a season. We're going to be preaching as you've been going through the journaling reading. So whoever's going to be communicating with us on a given Sunday, they're going to pick something from what you've already read throughout the Word of God that week. So we're all going to be journeying together as we're journaling together. And we're going to allow the Lord to start speaking to us together as one body. So you're every morning or night, whenever you journal, you're going to be going through either New Testament or Old Testament. And then whoever's giving the message on that Sunday is going to pull a thought and a passage out of there that we feel like the Lord is wanting to highlight to us kind of sound fun right we're gonna do this for a season we'll see what the Lord does how he speaks to us how he moves in our lives and I truly believe that as he's calling us to reach more people for him and then where he's calling us to raise more leaders because our job again every single one of you you are ministers every single one of you are ministers that you are on mission with Jesus and the spirit of God who dwells inside of you is going to start speaking to you and to say pray for your neighbor pray for the person that you begin are you are working with have god conversations have moments in time where you kind of say god tapping on the shoulder hey that person's heart is ready. Talk about me. Or that person who's really struggling and you say, the Lord's just tapping on your shoulder. Hey, offer to pray with them. And it's at that moment that this world is crying for answers that we get to participate in what it is that God is wanting to do. And it's going to take all of us to reach the people that Jesus wants us to reach. Some of you, he's going to say, hey, you're going to start such and such in your workplace. Hey, you're going to start such and such in your school. You're going to, but it's the spirit of God who's going to breathe that to you. That's going to speak to you because when we do it on our own strength, guess what? We don't catch any fish. (laughs) It's only when we hear God's voice and say, put the net to the other side of the boat that becomes a massive harvest, a massive catch, so much so, but guess what? The net didn't break. In other words, there's no calamity, no extra work in the in the great pulling in of the fish. Let me just see if I have any other good nuggets in here for you before I close. Our mission at Grace Capital Church is where Jesus Center Church growing together through developing disciples and transforming our communities. See, we can't develop disciples unless we're reaching people for Jesus. We can grow disciples, but if you're all growing as disciples because when you're following Jesus and you hear God's word, there's going to be people who are reached for Jesus. (laughs) See where I'm going with this? I want to go on this journey with you because I want my spiritual ears to be even more in tune to what the spirit of God is saying and doing. And I'll be happy to serve you. I'll be happy to walk alongside you, but I want to encourage us to go on this journey together. God has a call on this church. You will probably mean partnering with other churches it will probably mean doing some new initiatives. It will probably mean a lot of things because Jesus is going to speak to us. And he's going to be asking things of us. He says, you know, you've been fishing this hole for an awful long time and you're coming up empty. It's time to move your boat. And I already know some of you are feeling like, ooh, I don't like the sound of that. Does that mean we're changing something? I don't know. But God does. I'm committed more than ever just to listen to his voice and follow him. Let's pray. Jesus, I'm so grateful that you've allowed Otter and I to serve this body. But mostly, Jesus, I'm so grateful that you've allowed me to serve you, that I want to continue to lay my life down, to be a yielded servant of yours, encouraging this body to follow you, to grow into maturity continue to press in to say, God, not my way, not my will, (laughs) but Jesus, whatever you say, we'll be faithful to do, even if it's uncomfortable. Jesus, when we look around our state, we realize that there is an incredible harvest field that you're waiting for your body To be engaged and just not wait for people to come into into this building. But you're asking us to go. Go into all the world. Go into our neighborhood. Go into our workplaces. Go into our school. Go into different parts of our state. Go into the world. Jesus, you said that you're your heart was that none should perish that you want every single person brought into your kingdom and you've used and asked the church and the people of the church to be the ones to participate in this harvest of souls to be connected to you to find your love to find your peace to find your hope to find your joy to find the things that your spirit gives us that that we can be joined in one family on mission together, serving each other as we go out to serve a lost and hurting world. Well up in us, oh Lord Jesus, uh, a passion for those who don't know you. Jesus, I'm mindful, maybe there are some here today that would say, I don't know Jesus they don't know you yet I just want to pause and take a moment and and invite you if you are here today and you said I've never made a decision to follow Christ and all I would ask is you do what I did when I was in my early 20s I just said Jesus I, I want to give my life to you I want to follow you I don't want to live my life for myself anymore doesn't mean that you're gonna be perfect but it does mean you're gonna be forgiven for all your past mistakes doesn't mean you won't ever struggle again but it does mean that you when you struggle you have your Lord Jesus Christ Savior walking with you guiding you encouraging you supporting you means that you have assurance of your salvation for all eternity as you walk with Jesus, if you're here today, and you say, I want to know this, Jesus, would you just slip up your hand just so I can do a general prayer for you? Anybody here says, I want to know Jesus. Thank you so much. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? Thank you so much. I see that hand. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for those people who responded to you this morning, that they're hungry for you, Lord Jesus. So those people who raise their hands, they would just say this simple prayer, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I submit myself to you. I yield to you. And I allow your spirit to come fill me right now. Thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross for my sin. So now today I walk out of here not carrying the weight of my mistakes, the weight of my guilt and shame, but I'm set free, completely made new. The Bible says we are actually a new creation. There's something that comes alive in our spirit, so walk out of here with joy and expectation of the new life that Jesus has given you. Acknowledge the fact that Jesus not only died on the cross, but he rose from the grave three days later, giving us new life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you've done for us on the cross and your resurrection. Thank you for those who have raised their hand. It's a new day. Lord, I pray that if they are connected with anybody here that they would they would, um, they would, share with them the decision that they made and they would begin their journey of discipleship, this journey of following you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for this morning and what you want to do in our body. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you give a big round of applause for those who gave their life to Jesus this morning? if you gave your life to Jesus, please fill out a little connect card. Let us know that. We want to help you on your journey. There is a journey. There is a process to continue to know how to grow with Jesus. We want to walk with you and uh, help you along the way. Also want to remind you if you haven't signed up for membership, our membership dinner tonight, uh, becoming a new member. If you want to become a member of Grace Capital Church, it's happening tonight. You need to sign up before noon today. We're going to put an order in for food. You can go onto our website or to our app and sign up for that. It's gccnh.com, next steps. And uh, we'll see you tonight for those of you who are coming to our membership dinner. Otherwise, if you need prayer tonight, our elders and prayer team are here to pray for you. They'll be facing out where prayer team can come now. Love you guys. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If this ministry has impacted you and you would like to partner with Grace Capital Church to impact the communities around you, please join us at gccnh.com forward slash partners.